1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Gotta restart the banter. We didn't have enough banter. That's
1: true. We went
3: straight into the topics this week.
2: We did.
1: I'm here to clear my name. People have been blaming me all week for what happened with Cain and Lita. It wasn't my fault. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 3.16. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass.
3: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Twitterless heroine herself, the Queen of Soft Style, Miranda Morales, and I'm here, well, to host the hashtag Miranda Show. It's, it's my show. I'm hosting it. We're doing it. Thank you so much for joining, for listening for another week. I'm just as surprised as you are. You're still listening at this point. I, 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 I love you. I truly do. But I'm, I'm still a little shocked. Uh, no, uh, I, I'm I'm honestly very excited for this week's show. Um, we have some great topics, and we have a fantastic interview on the second part of the show. So make sure you stay tuned. Um, but you know, I gotta I gotta bring in my co-host, uh, one of my dear friends, uh, the man behind the bar. Button bar, not the not the real bar. Um, and what did I say? Is it the Godfather, uh, the kingpin of the Chairshot.com, Greg DeMarco?
2: Dave, it's me, Dave. Yes, yes, the, the kingpin. I've been called a lot of things. Some of them not so, a lot of them not so. But no,
3: I was gonna say most of them.
2: Kingpin. A lot of them by you sometimes. Not so nice. But that's what we do. That's oh, cool. you, you they do-
3: we're all nice things.
2: This time, yes. I'm just talking about in life in general. I'm not talking about during podcasts. <laughs> when we're real people barely, and not how, people on podcasts. How on podcast.
3: dare you, sir?
2: Oh, I dare. Oh, I dare. dare
3: I dare. Oh, man. You're welcome. Well, so, okay, Greg, I, I've kind of, I have to admit something. I think I, I may have lied a little bit in this intro. Um, I'm just gonna come out. I'm gonna come out and say it. You know, I mean, when any time a controversy hits, you got to talk about it. And wait, wait, uh, wait, wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. Hang on, I have something for this. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I started off saying that I was the Twitterless heroine. I technically am. However, for anyone who followed uh, the ChairShot's Twitter account this past Sunday, uh, I took over the ChairShot Twitter account for NXT TakeOver in your house. Meaning, I logged into the ChairShot's Twitter account at Media and uh, tweeted several times, many times, throughout the course of a two-and-a-half-hour NXT TakeOver show. And uh, I I have to admit, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but there is a pretty big learning curve with Twitter. I feel like I finally got it in my last three tweets of the night. That's about right. So, uh, yeah, uh, Greg had approached me with this idea, and it was actually too hard to turn it down. Um, One, I mean, you take over a Twitter for takeover. Come on. How am I not going to... to to fall for that. Um and to NXT TakeOver in your house was a a really good show. I I enjoyed it. I didn't really have, you know, much to complain. I mean, we had the beautiful in your house setup one. So I was already sold. Um the commercials were, you know, pretty, pretty funny. Um how hard did you mark out with that ICO Pro Adam Cole I mean, spot?
2: It, it not only was it Ico pro, but it was Adam Cole. Just in general, I marked out because, you know, whenever they do the last title shot stipulation, we talked about this on Chair Shot Radio, like when they do the last title opportunity stipulation, usually that means someone might be losing a title and and winning a title, and so... I was a little worried that Adam Cole was going to lose the NXT championship. Now, I don't think he's ever going to lose it, so I'm excited. He's going to be it's,
3: NXT it's champion forever. Horrible. I mean, think about it. How big of a deal is it going to be when he loses that championship, though? How,
2: it, why Why are we talking about something that's never going to happen?
3: Um, I think it just has to happen, no, 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 Greg. Right? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that I, you know, if it happens, it's not even a question of if. It's going to be when. You know, he can't keep it up forever.
2: I mean, Asuka never lost the belt. She just had to surrender it and went to... Well, so, so you yeah. think Adam Cole's going to surrender the belt? I mean, he should... Actually, what he should do is he should put it on the table on his way into the Hall of Fame. That's what he'd do.
3: <laughs> He'll just hold on to it. Until can you just... Time. Well, you know what? I, I Actually, you probably could. I was going to say, can you be a Hall of Famer if you're just NXT champion i mean not just just nxt Wait, champion
2: no. Listen, listening just if you're just adam cole can you go to the hall of fame the answer is yes obviously <laughs> the answer is yes
3: when is he going to be in- inducted greg
2: why hasn't he been inducted is the question you should be asking
3: because this man says he's not tall enough yet to enter this ride did so, you say
2: yet when? like he's continuing to grow
3: <laughs> he's the, he's the yo, what Adam Cole needs to do to enter Yo, I, I do support that You know, if he has to get some lifts in those boots uh,
2: uh, is that Okay, he's built to six feet tall Which means he probably has the lifts um, <laughs> Let's just say it's a good thing there's an NXT
3: Yes God bless NXT. Um, it it was. I I really enjoyed Takeover. Um, if you haven't uh, read any of my tweets from NXT Takeover, go to the Chairshots Twitter page at Chairshot Media. Uh, follow follow it just for sure. Follow it. Uh, and I think uh, uh, you know I'm gonna put an exclusive here on the hashtag Miranda Show. I think I'd like to continue to take over the Twitter accounts during Takeover
4: thechairshot.com
2: always use your head wait let me ask the guy who is in charge of that approved
3: stamp it
2: stamp of approval
3: approved i know people do you have an approved stamp on for these types of things
2: um i mean I, i might have something that can serve as an approved stamp hang on let's let's see here um I mean, there's, there's, it's a stretch for certain things, but you know, we could be like, uh, the, the, the Twitter account is officially your yard now. This is my yard now. Or, um, you know, what else? What else can we do? Um, I don't even, I don't even fucking know. Um, just yeah, I know. Wait, I have a, wait, I have something. Hang on, I gotta. It's just something I haven't. It's in, it's in a different folder. So here we go.
4: 13.
2: There you go.
3: Okay, that's good. That's good enough. So, yeah, I mean, you should follow the Chairshot Twitter just for that. Uh, for the four or five times a year in which I will be taking over the Twitter account uh, for NXT Takeover, uh, I mentioned the Twitter account is at Chairshot Media. Uh, I think it's been a while. Uh, maybe I well, I probably said it last week, and it was wrong. Uh, that I said, oh, follow the Chairshot at this old name. Insert here. I'm not going to Actually, it. last week, that. that
2: was still accurate. I literally yes. changed it on Saturday. Okay. No. It uh, was in – I mean, we're not going to point out why you were wrong. You made that little preview video for the takeover. That's where you ended up having to read oh, yeah. the yeah. Yes, the old one. Like word. literally the same uh, day that I changed everything. So-
3: so the chair shot now has a few new social media handles. Um, well, it's the same handle for all social medias actually. So at Cheershot media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So make sure that you are following along. If you haven't, uh, if you're not take these few seconds, uh, I'll let you wait. <laughs>
1: Fucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. Wildcard bitches! Yee-haw!
2: All right, that should be long enough. People should be following yes. all three by right now. You
4: should
3: be following uh, at uh, Chairshot Media. Uh, Don't forget, though, you can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda. Uh, I will be posting lots of random stuff, uh, videos, uh, podcasts, and not only uh, the hashtag Miranda show, but clips uh, from Radio and a few other projects that I'm associated with. So uh, just make sure that you're following me on social media to stay up to date. And you can, you know, if you want to, I think you should. Uh, but it's still your choice. Uh, you can follow Greg on social media at Chairshot Greg, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Greg is slowly making a comeback. Your, his Instagram is popping, uh, as the kids say. Uh, so you got to follow Greg on Instagram. He also has some fun Instagram stories. Very motivational. You know, makes you feel like a, a true badass reading uh, some of the things that Greg posts on um,
2: his, I try. his Instagram. Yeah, I try. I do my way. Yeah, I stopped so I I redirected the auto posting off of my Instagram so I can actually like for my own stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to do what we can do, right? So we yes. uh, that's what we have to do. We have
3: to do. So make sure to, to follow all the social medias. we um, honestly greatly appreciate it. Anytime uh, we have a new follower for our own pages, for The Chair Shot. Um, and, you know, really, The, the Chair Shot, you should be following on social media because it is your source for wrestling news analysis and opinions.
4: TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
3: TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And don't forget to use the hashtag UseYourHead whenever you're referencing anything uh, to to the chair shot or uh, acknowledging the chair shot, Uh, repping the chair shot, saying what's up to the chair shot. Whatever you're doing, make sure to use the hashtag UseYourHead. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
2: This is such good shit.
3: And speaking of thechairshot.com, the hashtag Miranda Show is a proud part of the Chairshot Radio Network and includes uh, a variety of different podcasts that uh, all have some different content uh, and actually some non-wrestling related content up there as well. So if you are interested in uh, general sports uh, or stuff like bandwagon nerds, you can check that out uh, on the Chairshot Radio Network. But of course, we have pretty much every gambit of pro wrestling covered with the CheerShot Radio Network. So make sure that you're tuning in. Thank you if you already have. Make sure you uh, subscribe. We have all of our podcasts on different forms of streaming, iTunes, Spotify, PodBay as well. So um, if you're listening to the show on one of those platforms, also thank you very much. Make sure that you subscribe so that you are able to get up to date on all of the podcasts from TheChairShot.com.
2: Does anybody listen to PodBay? Is that even still a thing?
3: It's a thing, apparently. No. Yeah, no, no I, right. it's, it's, soon, it's happening.
2: Soon, soon coming to YouTube as well.
3: Ooh. The podcast
2: will be on YouTube. We do have new video content that started up this week and, and will continue. Um, but the podcast will soon also be available. So things are changing. Moving and shaking. That's, That's what we're changing. doing here over at the uh, yes. the old ChairShot. Chair well,
3: if you want to make sure you are looking stylish while these changes are happening, you need to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, and there you can find a whole bunch of good chair shot shirts to pick from. All shirts start at nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine? Yes, nineteen ninety nine. And uh, if you want to treat yourself, you can you know spread a, a few extra dollars to uh, get any shirt available in soft style. Make sure that you are looking through a really cool variety. Uh, again, we have lots of different logos and designs. You can get them in various colors, various T-shirt styles, including the OG chair shot, multiple always use your head, uh, hashtag save, save tag team wrestling, suck it nerd, Baron Corbin sucks, uh, Chairshot shot 316, uh, chair shot worldwide. Oh my gosh, so many. But look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the tea, Okay. The real shirt you need to get is the queen of soft style shirt. You, that's the one you need to get. Okay. From me to you. Spilling the tea. Okay. And you can get it in soft style. Boom.
2: I mean, who in their right mind would ever buy a queen of soft style shirt that's not in soft style? No one. Not a single. There's like seven and a half billion people on this earth and no one would be would be far enough off center to buy a Queen of Soft Style t-shirt, not in soft style. I can't think of one person, Miranda, who has ever purchased a Queen of Soft Style. Oh, wait, I can't think of one person. I
3: can. you know what? Did you know that the soft style you can actually get as a sleeveless shirt? Greg, did you know that? You can get it as a sleeved shirt and a sleeveless shirt in Stop soft changing the style.
2: Subject. It's Stop changing the-, the subject.
3: I'm I'm not I'm informing all of our listeners of the variety available through ProResMTs.com forward slash the chair shot and it's getting to be summertime especially greg you know we live in arizona it's gonna be 110 degrees it's been
2: summertime since february
3: yes so go ahead prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot t-shirt
2: there's so much variety over there There there's shirts up there that i've told them to take down but they're still available
3: they're still up, get them before they get down.
2: Wait, getting... I have that too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find it. But yeah, I, I have it. I, I have it. Where is it? I had it somewhere. Fuck, I can't find it. Maybe I deleted it. I'll find it. I'll play it at the end.
3: You'll play, you'll play, you'll play I'll play
2: it, it in the, the middle. The end has already been you play
3: playing in the middle, yeah. I was going to say the, the... Are we back to the future? We know what the future what? is.
2: What? We do know what the future is. That's crazy.
0: That's crazy. Get down.
3: Right. So we actually have a wrestling topic today. Uh, Greg knows that this topic is is one that I've been meaning to talk about. I I may have publicly stated in last week's show (laughs) I was going to talk about it. Get around to it. Um, If anyone has watched this specific uh, uh, um, sketch from Saturday Night Live, uh, Kenan Thompson hosts a uh, talk show. I forget the name of it, but the running joke is that it's a crazy talk show that has music and girls dancing, and he brings on this guest for, you know two seconds, um, and uh, they talk, and then he you know pushes them off. And Lindsey Buckingham is always there. and he never has time for Lindsay Buckingham. Well, I have internally deemed this the Lindsay Buckingham segment because I've been wanting to talk about this topic for se- actually a few weeks now, even prior to announcing it last week uh, at the end of Chairshot Radio. Uh, I, I remember messaging Greg several weeks ago wanting to talk about it. and things just happened. And time flies when you're having fun. But I'm glad I'm actually talking about it to today because I feel like there's been enough that's happened over the past few weeks to really add some oomph to this conversation. Um, I really want to talk about this evolution of someone on the WWE roster that I've been really fascinated. Um, and you know, someone who's associated to uh someone that's, you know, been near and dear to to Greg's heart. So this will also be fairly fun. Um as maybe he winces a little bit, uh, especially in uh, talking about some aspects of, of their match from a few weeks prior, I really want to talk about this evolution of Sonia Deville. Man! Uh, Shut up! I hope Sonya Deville finds you and punches you in the face right now, because I... that also scared me.
2: I did scare you. The Mandy yes, soundbite's it, real strong. Like, I, I will admit that. I would probably let Sonya Deville punch me in the face. I'm not going to lie.
3: <laughs> I know you're doing CrossFit and all, and you think you you ain't, uh, you think you're tough, but Sonya Deville will punch you. The fact that you specifically did that after I did this big buildup for her and you played Mandy's song.
0: Ooh,
2: it's just my way of reminding you. It might be your show, but yeah. I do, 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 as you like to say.
3: Yes, yes. That's, that's why this has to be uh, on you, actually. We have to video it.
2: We're, we'll make it So. Up. Future.
3: We, we, uh, let me, let's go back uh, a few, uh, not even, gosh, it feels like months, but it, it really um, has been several, several weeks. We're in June. Yeah, okay. So uh, I can count a few. Months. Um, back in the early spring, uh, we've had this, even, you know, uh, towards the end of last year, We've had the storyline between Mandy Rose and Otis. Um, Otis has been very fond of Mandy Rose. Um, obviously infatuated with her. He uh, expressed it very vividly on social media. I remember sending you his birthday message to her. I <laughs> think this is hilarious and also creepy at the same time. Only he could get away with this.
2: And he can. Um, That's the thing. He can get away with it.
3: He can. Yes. So we have the storyline growing for several, uh, months actually. And then just as we see, uh, something maybe developing between Otis and Mandy Rose, Dolph Ziggler comes in for the block and, uh, Otis and Mandy are supposed to have this date. Um, Otis gets a message from Mandy supposedly saying that, uh, she's running late and, um, you know that she'll meet him later. Um, so he waits, and when he actually gets to the restaurant, we find out that Mandy is there with uh, Dolph Ziggler, who showed up. Mandy showed up on time. So then we find out that oh, Mandy didn't send that text message to Otis. Who did it? Who? And of course, I wish ooh. I had the new. I
2: need to get that. I need to get the new day going.
3: Who? Yes. We need that. Um. So then. <laughs> Lost my train of thought. Um, so so then um, we end up discovering through some backstage footage, some mysterious footage, um, as to who actually sent the message, and it was not Dolph Ziggler, but it was Mandy's best friend, one half of Fire and Desire, Sonia Deville. And essentially what happened was that, you know, Mandy confronted Sonia and Sonia said, you know what? He wasn't good enough for you. Um, And and, you know, you deserved something different and something better. Now, this friendship's had some layers of complexity over the past year. Um, We've seen Sonia do a lot for Mandy, literally. Climb up a ladder to try and help her get the Money in the Bank briefcase, help her from getting, stopping to get eliminated um, from the Royal Rumble, giving up her spot in that, uh, you know, said competition for the, uh, or the chance to be in the women's uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. So you've seen Sonia do a lot for her friendship with Mandy, and then there probably was some pseudo strange lines that WWE played around regarding the dynamic of their friendship. I'm not gonna go much into that because that didn't go anywhere. Um and that was unfortunately something that WWE I mean if you're gonna commit to something, just commit to something. If you're gonna go in that direction,
2: commit to it. And they 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 didn't they also by the way, they also eat donuts on YouTube.
3: They do. And that's actually really fun. They do have a YouTube channel where they go around and eat donuts.
2: And um, if you know me, you know I much prefer Candid Mandy Rose versus overproduced Mandy Rose. So I dig me some Demandies Donuts or whatever the hell it's called.
3: <laughs> I think it's Mandy's Donuts. Um, but, you know, we we saw this change, this shift in Sonya Deville from, you know, doing anything for this friend to possibly kind of sabotaging, you know, this potential relationship with uh, Otis because, she, you know, she thought that maybe Mandy deserved better to uh, complete 180. And ended up attacking, uh, well, her and Mandy Rose actually ended up fighting um, after Mandy decided to align herself with Otis. And then Sonya ended up uh, teaming up with Dolph Ziggler. And then we saw this darker side of Sonya Deville where she pretty much just verbally and physically attacks Mandy Rose, pretty much throwing any kind of insult she can at her regarding you know, her talent, the way that she looked, pretty much how Sonia did everything for her, sacrificed part of her career for her, and for what?
2: It's really distressing. You, it's like like just hearing you say it, the things that a human being can do towards, like it's I'm surprised they let that stuff happen on t-
3: Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> You need to, to stop. And this is exactly what Sonia DeVille's talking about though. Look, you know, I, I'm Mandy Rose is fine. She's a lovely girl. Uh, she's she's very pretty. I, I love her relationship with Otis. However it's totally okay and totally understandable how Sonia has felt underneath the shadow of Mandy when Sonia's definitely a better athlete, a better wrestler, um, and is truly trying to make a career based off of her talent and, and her athleticism rather than her looks. And she's felt trapped in this partnership with Mandy Rose where Mandy's gotten the attention, everything revolved around Mandy, and Sonia said, enough. So I think that uh, this storyline has taken a very interesting turn. One thing that I've really liked is how much more aggressive Sonia has been against Mandy. I believe it was about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago on SmackDown, when Sonia and Mandy were actually wrestling. And and this wasn't a wrestling move, but I feel like this is more of the personal attack on, on Mandy Rose, was Sonia pulling the fake eyelashes off of Mandy. Essentially trying to deconstruct this A beautiful woman and break her down so the world could see that you know she she isn't anything without her makeup without all of you know the the things that mask her and Sonya is trying to be as real as possible. She's also had some change in ring gear, which I absolutely love as well. Um, I love this new style. I love this new uh, aggression, and I feel like the you know maybe not so much on uh, in person because we don't have in person crowds. But I do believe that, um, you know, there's been a a pretty good amount of attention that's come her way through this change, through this riff with Mandy, but also this personality change. Um, I've been a fan of it. I'm digging it. Uh, Gray, I know, again, you have your you know opinions and preferences on, on Mandy, but in your objective opinion, which I know you do have one, what do you think?
2: So I do have an objective opinion because here's the honest thing. Any affinity I have towards Mandy Rose has absolutely nothing to do with professional wrestling taking place inside of a wrestling whatsoever. The pairing of Fire and Desire, Sonya Deville was always the one in the ring who was going to deliver and who was going to, you know, have an opportunity to advance her career that way. I love Sonya Deville. I, I think Sonya Deville is a hell of a talent. and uh, I'm excited to see what she's been doing and how she's progressed as a performer. I remember when they were on tough enough and when Sonya Deville was on tough enough and ended up um, going with the company and, and, you know, the crossover appeal, knowing her MMA background. And then of course, you know, her, you know, being out early on, knowing that there's going to be some appeal there for the WWE audience as well. To just to capture a different section of the audience who can feel comfortable watching wrestling because there's someone they can relate to on television doing this. Uh, Sonya Deville has all the tools needed to be a huge star in, in wrestling. And it was really just a matter of time and opportunity. And and to me, uh, you know, opportunity and preparation come together that usually equals success and I think that Sonia is taking the opportunity that's being given to her as is Mandy Real. and they're just knocking it out of the park and I love what they're doing I love the potential she has um, it, it also illustrates a couple of other points that I'll get into later but I honestly just absolutely love the opportunity that Sonia's is getting and the fact that I, I don't know that she could really be doing it any better to be honest with you.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, her promo work, I think that was what surprised me the most. I I never really saw her uh, talk very much. And when it was, it didn't really feel like it had a lot of depth um, because of really the women's tag team division in general. Um, it's been hard, I think, to really build meaningful stories around it. But this one in particular, you can tell everything she says um, has has a big hint of, of truth. I mean, Mandy Rose was really built as this um, second coming of this mix to a, the evolution of a diva with, you know, the blonde hair um, and the, the look, the physique, maybe with the limited wrestling ca- capacity, um, but everything that most fans thought the company wanted. Um, but it also was a sign of maybe kind of some antiquated... Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with antiquated um, views of women in, in pro wrestling. Not to say that Mindy isn't working hard at, at becoming a, a good wrestler, but you look at her and it does give you flashbacks to the 90s where Sonya Deville is almost this anti-hero. Uh, she's uh, a lot of that uh, actual MMA background, um, someone with even just a different physique, a different look, um, someone who's... who's uh, openly gay um in wwe and even though that's something that they've touted uh i think for business purposes and uh have have mentioned that they're supportive of that i think too it's been hard for them to navigate that ergo maybe some of that weird half yes half no storyline that they you know tried to do with her and mandy um but a very different uh look and appearance and physicality. Um uh, but I'm also just looking through Sonia Deville's Twitter. Uh I am still the Twitterless heroine, but her Twitter stuff is so good. <laughs> oh man. I, she June 5th, Mandy Men- tweets at her uh about being a failure and she just tweets back, I'm literally going to ruin you. Shut the F up. Uh and uh another one uh on here it you know what's killing Mandy's ego right now that I'm becoming relevant for my talent and skill and she's hardly relevant and if at all it's because of her boyfriend. So those little things and these are things that she's even you know mentioned during promos. Her promo work is is very solid, very, very good. And for me, that's a, a huge plus as, as someone who's really getting more um, interested in in her character and in her work.
2: Yeah, and and the promo work has been great. The social media aspect is if you can leverage that in today's you know presentation, you're ahead of the game, and and, and you're really just going to put yourself out there even more. I made a note, and, and I you know, as you brought up the promo work earlier, and then you brought it up again, and it's kind of an interesting perspective on the way the world is today mm-hmm. because. The promos that, that Sonya Deville cut, especially that first one where she really explained why she did what she did and really kind of laid out her new character and started doing that right around the time of, of WrestleMania, had she done that same exact promo in front of a crowd and the crowd rejected it? Maybe we're not talking about her. Mm-hmm. But the fact there's no crowd gave her the space and and the freedom to cut that promo almost without judgment. And she may have been a beneficiary of the fact there's no crowd, because who knows? Say that shit takes place in like Oklahoma in front of a crowd who doesn't care about Sonia DeVille and Mandy Rose. They're just waiting for Braun Strowman to walk out and scream Braun and, and throw people. Then then they just crapped all over it or didn't respond. Maybe none of this happens. Like it's just crazy what having no crowd has done. It it, it does – because we all know, we've talked about it, wrestling fans can sometimes ruin wrestling. And there's a possibility that wrestling fans could have ruined Sonya Deville's push. And that didn't happen because there's no crowd there and it allowed Sonya the space and the time needed for people to realize, oh, by the end of it, without being influenced by a crowd booing, that shit was really good. And it was really good, and it continues to be good. Yep. And and maybe she's a beneficiary of there being no crowd.
3: I, I actually agree, because I think live crowds sometimes lose their patience. So even the placement of that promo, by that point, maybe they would have lost you know interest because they were already sitting there for a while. Um, or there again, like you said, the anticipation of someone else that they haven't seen that night. And the way that it came out on TV compared to maybe a live uh, audience, it was slightly different, but I think it allows viewers to process it and give it a little bit of time and air and then realize, you know, wow, it's actually pretty, pretty good. Um, I think that it's harder to do. A longer promo that has a little bit more pacing and a little bit more mindfulness in it, and during a live crowd because they want the instant pop, they want what's the tagline, what's what's the jab, what you know, what's the insult, what's the the poignant mark on the promo. Well, now with no crowds, I think we're able to see a little bit more elaborate promos or even interactions between uh, wrestlers, and they're being. I agree much better received from fans than if they were to do it live.
2: Yeah, and and uh, it it's just and plus you have the retake aspect of it, you know, if something doesn't come out right, you can do it again. There's just a lot of benefits to it. And it's a whole different topic, but I have seen a couple over the past week, a couple of social media posts or responses to news about them going back where people have started to say they don't mind the current presentation with no. And that's really interesting because wrestling is all about the fans and who knows when we're going to get fans back. We don't know. Uh, we can speculate, but we have no idea. But it, what's interesting is that, you know, we always talk about the new normal and I hate that phrase because I don't want there to be a new normal, but there will be. It, suddenly people can come around to their not being fans, at least for some portions of the product. I never thought that we'd be talking about. It's just yeah. really, really interesting and, and it's just a, a random perspective that Sonia Deville just so wonderfully illustrates is that she is, is that benefit and, and there's actually some people out there who aren't looking forward to when we get crowds.
3: No, I think that's a valid point. And, you know, we're in this interesting period where um, – Companies like WWE and AEW are still producing weekly content, um, but it's really dramatically changed as far as the presentation. And as fans, this wasn't something that has just been happening for a month. You know, it's, it's been several months now. Plus, we can have it for several more months. So I think it's giving fans enough time to learn how to live in this new environment in in this new world of of wrestling and be okay with you know not being there or the fans not being there now i know there's been a little bit of a shift with um the nxt superstars or depending on what news stories you read uh what is it
2: performance Uh, center uh, trainees or performance performance center recruits (laughs)
3: performance center recruits Yes, uh, in the crowd. And that one, I mean, that that is a little bit more typical of guiding you as to how you should feel. Um, But it's not overwhelming either. I don't mind them in the crowd. Mm -hmm. I I think they do add a, a little bit. Uh, more drama, or they just add some some nice flair to um, matches and to promos. Um, I think it's just enough. It's not it's not overwhelming like a general crowd, but especially it, for they NXT. are guiding you through what you should be liking and not
2: liking. Especially for NXT because NXT needs a crowd more than than the other shows do because you need the pops during the matches. Plus, and this is going to sound crazy. Watching Raw, watching SmackDown the crowd during NXT seems a little more authentic and a little less doing what they're supposed to do. And maybe it's because they're all friends and they all see each other. (laughs) And I kind of think they're genuinely reacting because the in-ring action of NXT, by and large, is very different and I think they're truly popping for some of those things and reacting to them because the crowd is kept separate from the performers during you know pre-production, post-production because of the numbers, the sheer numbers of people that you suddenly have together. So they're completely kept separate. So they don't really – they're probably watching a lot of this not knowing what's going to happen. And it's it comes off differently, more genuine, more authentic because I think the crowd, they're probably enjoying – being the crowd for nxt more than they're enjoying being the crowd for on smackdown on average there's been some yeah. great stuff and we've heard all about the match we're going to see soon on smackdown between aj styles and daniel bryan which is apparently going to be the greatest match in the history of no no fan matches but it's the crowd has done really really well and i think that that crowd the fake crowd whatever you want to call it would have been fine for sonia deville's big promo i, I want to call it a coming out promo it's not her coming out as, as part of the LGBTQ community, but her coming out as I am a damn talented performer who can cut a promo, yeah. that kind of coming out, like a coming out party. Um, I think that crowd would have been fine for, for Sonya Deville there. But yeah, it's a little sidebar. But yeah, the crowd, we're both kind of on the same page and we have yet to even talk about it outside of this. I like the the NXT crowd that they're bringing. Yeah, in.
3: yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and jumping back to Sonya Deville, I mean, if this goes well, I mean, they do have a pretty huge hole to fill with Becky Lynch being gone um from from the from WWE at this time um on both rosters I know Sonya Deville's on Smackdown um and Becky was on Raw but just having that presence that badass presence um uh, on uh the the women's roster and we do have Sheena Baszler, again, another MMA fighter, you know, someone who is a legit badass as well um, on the Raw side. Uh, but even then, I feel like there's been some some challenges in, in her being able to connect with fans or even the way that the company has put her currently um, with really not a huge direction. But this story with uh, between Mandy and Sonia gives Sonia some really good direction and when she can build this new side of her to the point where I could easily see her being that next big badass. You know, Someone that you just do not want to mess with. Someone who will tear you down. Um, she does have this side angle also with Lacey Evans that's come up, which I, I actually don't mind. Um, I know sometimes it can be confusing for a story when you have uh, one program or one main rival and then you have another, but they actually play off pretty well from each other, um, especially because Mandy really isn't Wrestling as much, and so I feel like with Mandy, it's more proving a point and telling a story of I'm gonna, you know, uh show to the whole world who you really are. While with Lacey it's also proving I'm I'm a good ass wrestler and I'm gonna beat you because I feel like that's gonna be a challenge to prove with Mandy about being a good wrestler because that's just it is what it is. You know, Mandy is not known for her wrestling talent. So, how are you going to prove that you're a badass wrestler? You know, face guess, against someone who has a little bit more wrestling credibility. Um, and I feel like that that is being accomplished with um, Lacey Evans. So, I, I just am a, a big fan of this evolution. I'm a big fan of this direction. Uh, I'm a big fan of seeing where this all goes.
2: Yeah, a couple things there. First of all, um, this is a sidebar again. Don't need to really discuss it too much. Sidebar,
4: but judge.
2: Mandy is basically... If you look at the length of her career so far, she's exactly where Trish Stratus was this far into her career, too. So I'm not saying she's going to end up like Trish Stratus. I'm just saying the potential is there. For Sonia, yeah. it's it's really interesting because her best work, I won't say her best work, her most popular work, the work that she's going to retire most known for, is going to come as a baby. she. If she's going to be a big, huge star for this company, especially being a part of the LGBTQ community... It's going to be as a baby. It's going to be as an advocate and an ally and someone who's out there. And I think she can be a huge star for this company. You talked about the void that's left by Becky Lynch being gone. Remember, Roman Reigns gone too. Like, this company is without its two biggest stars, basically, right now. And Is there –
3: hold on, sidebar. Is there a WWE 2K curse?
2: Just like in the. <laughs> uh, it's funny because they were both on that last cover, and I just
3: yeah, sure it's enough, not a curse, you know. As far as everything... curse you know, them and the game,
2: low. not curse yeah, them. I mean, what happened with Becky Lynch? Definitely not a curse. That's for damn sure. Not a curse, yeah. Um, and the, Romans is by choice because he, you know, compromised, but. Yeah, I think the potential is there for Sonya Deville. One thing that, because you brought up, you know, just kind of the length of time, the, and, and we I've talked about this before, and it frustrates the internet fans so much because we expect someone to get pushed right away. We expect someone, you know, oh, so-and-so is being wasted. So this person is being wasted. That person is being wasted. Look, if the internet, you talked about it before, how there wasn't really Twitter back, you know, in 2009 when the John Cena versus Edge match happened, if social media were hopping back when Cena was coming up, they would have been posting about how WWE was wasting John Cena. Think about that. They would yeah. have been posting about how WWE... I wrote articles and, and posted on message boards about how the window of opportunity for Edge was going to close. He ended up becoming a, like an 11-time world champion, or a 13-time world champion, and he's in the Hall of Fame, and now he's back after nine years of being gone. Like I was wrong and so wrong and happily – and because I was impatient, and it's that cycle of WWE booking and Sonya Deville. There, I guarantee you, we could find articles and comments or whatever about how Sonya's done. Sonia's never going to be a big star. Sonya's time has already come and gone, They missed a window of opportunity. And now she's on the upswing, and now it's there. It's that cycle of WWE booking. The key to being successful in WWE is knowing how to convey a scripted promo. And being able to wait out the cycle. If you can do those two things, you have the potential to be a big huge star. Look at Becky. Becky Lynch was an afterthought until, you know, a year and a half ago, two years at this point. So it's it's possible for anyone as long as you have the tools and you have the patience. And I think Sonya's proving that that she can do that. Shayna Baszler, like you talked about, lack of direction. There's time. There, there's plenty of time for her to to get there as well. And you know. I'm willing to wait on a push for Shayna Baszler, even though they're on different brands, if that means we're going to get something. Else.
3: Yeah, very, very much agreed. Well, listeners, you should let us know your thoughts. On this evolution of Sonya Deville, also, what you think of uh, this these NXT crowds uh, for Raw, SmackDown, and for NXT, of course? Um, do you think fans will want to come back to live pro wrestling events? Do you think the product uh, will will suffer with uh, fans coming back? Let us know on social media again at the. Oh, I'm sorry, at Chairshot Media uh, for all of the Chairshot uh, social media pages facebook twitter instagram let us know your thoughts uh, again i'm at the hashtag miranda on facebook and instagram and you can find greg at chair shot greg on facebook instagram and twitter let us know your thoughts on this topic and, and all the other sidebars that we had will be very interested in uh finding out what you think now uh, after this little break, we're going to be going into tonight's very special interview. Well, who is it with? You just got to listen to find out.
2: Exactly. So I'll play producer here. Got a couple, you know, we got to quote unquote pay the bills. And so we'll do that and then get to the other side, which means go to powerslam.tv. Use that promo code chair shot. Get yourself a free month. Enjoy that. So listen to this. I got another one. And then, yeah.
0: PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month.
2: Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot, powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot.
1: lucha-masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragón. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. It's not my fault. Wildcard,
0: bitches! Yay! Yeah!
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hashtag Miranda Show with me, Miranda Morales. And I have a very special guest with me at this time. This is someone that uh, I found Roman on Instagram, which sounds like the beginning of a bad story, but I promise you it isn't. Um, he is an independent cartoonist based out of Orlando, Florida. And if when you see his artwork, it's just going to blow your mind. Uh, he has some fantastic artwork um, based off of uh, cartoon characters. TV shows, uh you know, movies, comics, and of course professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Carlos Aurelio. Welcome to the Hi, show. Man.
4: Hi, thank you. thank you so much for having me. That's that's awesome. I've never been introduced as a special guest, so that's awesome. Thank you.
3: Yes. <laughs> well, welcome to the hashtag Miranda Show where things get random. Um <laughs> no, but I, I I wanted to bring you on because I A lot of things that Greg and I have talked about on this show over the past few weeks, especially since um, the the pandemic, has been content creation. Um, And people are now, especially in pro wrestling, being challenged in creating content, whether you're a wrestler, you're an announcer, you are a referee, uh, you uh, produce any type of, of content uh, Greg, that you know, it's it's hard now to um, get your your work out there to, to you know reach a, a wider fan base. Uh, but I found uh, your drawings from. Um, A challenge that you did in April called Sketchamania, many cartoonists uh, and uh, comic artists uh, participated in it where it was 30 days of different uh, pictures that were drawn based off of a different prompt. And I I just want to reiterate, we'll for sure get more into that, but just your artwork was uh really fantastic it just drew to Thank me Um, uh, yeah. I guess literally uh, <laughs> uh I was I was very drawn to it and I was I was fascinated by it um so that's why I had to have you on on the show and I think it's really interesting There are actually a lot of, of um Uh, cartoonists and artists on social media, Um, but it's one aspect, I think, in pro wrestling that we don't really acknowledge as much or or see as much, so, Carlos, I'd love to get to know more about, you know, what got you interested in drawing?
4: Um, I guess it's something kind of always done, I mean, I guess maybe that's something that most artists would probably say, oh, like, oh, I've been drawing since I was three, or it was the first Mm -hmm. thing that I can remember, but, I mean, I guess that's why everyone says it. it's mostly true for almost everyone, uh, but yeah, it's been something I've been doing since I was a kid, uh, on and off here and there. Uh, as far as a semi-pro, because I'm it's not my full-time job. I'd love it to be, um, but as far as being semi-professional, uh, selling artwork or you know trying to make at least a little bit more money, I've tr- been only doing it for maybe about like four years or so, like maybe okay. like three or four years. Um, but Comic books, wrestling, that's mostly a lot of, I mean, it, you know, they kind of intertwine as far as the action. And that's something that always drew me, you know, I guess also literally, um, <laughs> into, um, into trying to create scenes and trying to create, you know, something that people would like to see um, as a recreation of, you know, something. Yeah. Um, whether it be just comic books uh superheroes or the real life ones like the like the wrestlers mm-hmm. uh, as far as you know the fictional type of ones i guess or i don't know if it's breaking quote-unquote kayfabe if i say oh that. yeah
3: no well <laughs> we we killed <we laughs> the curtain here a little bit so you know uh kayfabe dies a little bit here and there but you know cool. i think with a uh, three I think anything that involves creativity, though, there's a process. And, and I think you entail that perfectly, even in you know, wrestling, where when you have to be creative in what you do, um, and that, that creates a you know, mindset as to you know, how you think and how you process information or how you even process an idea. Can you give us a little insight as to um, what your creative process is when you're thinking about drawing something? What What is the beginning stages of that look like?
4: Um, depending, I guess, on what I'm trying to do, um, try to look for a pose, a cool pose usually is a good starter, uh, a good, you know, rough sketch of just a action pose or a funny pose that someone's doing. And then just kind of go from there, um, as far as the inspiration of what I get from it, um, you know, be a variation of things. Um, when it comes to like wrestling artwork, I love doing the ones that are, a certain move, maybe, or a certain pose that a wrestler would have with their iconic look. Um, but it kind of just goes from trying to find a good pose. Sometimes, if I'm doing a reference picture, I'll, you know, pose myself as a uh, bigger than life persona and act in front of my phone camera uh, for a couple seconds as I take a picture and then just kind of try to build it from there and try to make it. A little silly sometimes, but that's that's the process, I guess.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny you mentioned silly because as you were talking about that, I was scrolling through uh, your Mania series, um, and literally the picture I was looking at was day six when you had to sketch a tag team, um, and that's the Street Profits with them with their big thumbs up and it is it, it's the perfect <laughs> amount of you know uh, catching their their charisma and their energy but you know also being a, a little silly um so i think yeah that exactly i see a lot of that in in your work um a lot of forward facing um Uh, pictures but also you know really capturing a lot of the essence too of a person Um, whether they were a heel or a face uh, I really get that sense from um, whether it's the shadowing the colors that you have um, what is that process like I mean when you have the sketch too I mean is it really hard to fill in the colors to find the right colors or does that also happen pretty organically
4: uh I would say that it kind of helped I mean, you know, a little bit of both, uh, I would say it kind of does happen organically. Um, if I'm looking at a, like, let's say, I guess, for example, with the sketch ones, um, I mean, luckily a lot of that stuff already has like at least somewhat of a defined colors for some of the wrestlers attire or something. So I just would have to match it with the background. Um, you know, if you're doing a Hulk Hogan drawing, um, it, it's going to have yellow and red somewhere in there. Um, If I have a a cane, there has to be fire, you know, some sort of lots of red and lots of darkness or something like that going to. And if it's not dark, it has to be, or, you know, as far as lighting, if it's going to be cane or the undertaker, there has to be something that brings out their larger than life, you know, the phenom, the demon kind of thing. So I try to just kind of sometimes base it off their old attire Um, I love doing that because they do have different you know um, they're different eras if you're I guess for example again The Undertaker is one of my favorite ones sometimes to draw because he has so many personas um, and he is you know that repeating myself again but he is that larger than life guy that has been around for so long that you you can pick a certain year and there's like oh yeah that's Undertaker nineteen ninety seven from Hell in a Cell or something or if you're like oh there's the Ministry Undertaker mm-hmm. there's the American Badass the um it kind of goes with that I guess
3: yeah um, that that's a really. Um, I, I I love that aspect too about wrestling. Um, is that especially with those who have been in the business for that long to see the evolution of their characters and being able to have that distinct point of time of you know that that was you're right Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. Um, we were just watching a, a watch along of Backlash 2009 with John Cena and the Undertaker, so you can also tell you know that's you know long jorts and yeah. short hair and, I mean. <laughs> (laughs) With the shirts with Cena, I mean, it's hard for me to remember uh, outside of... uh, of the Doctor of Thugonomics. Uh once he got all those colored shirts, it was a lot harder for me to distinguish the years. Um but that's
4: true. Yeah. But, he would yeah. have like a new one every month. Exactly. They they sell.
3: <laughs> yeah, they sold good. But yeah, <laughs> you're right. Just having those moments of time um with someone. And that's and that's a testament to the longevity uh, of a wrestling persona. Speaking of, I want to get more into depth about you as a wrestling fan, can you tell us more about um, what made you interested in professional wrestling?
4: Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, like a lot, of, a lot of us, I guess, it was started at some point in the early 90s watching Saturday morning TV. And then um, I specifically remember actually probably seeing The Undertaker, I think it was, um, at some point being brought out by, um, I don't remember who his uh, manager was at the time. I don't, can't remember the specific ones. That I saw him, but I just remember seeing this huge, pale guy walk up like a zombie to the ring and being attacked by. I think it was might have been like when he was feuding with Hulk Hogan, um, and that he just goes up and Hulk Hogan tries to attack him, and then nothing. You know, (laughs) he doesn't react to it. Um, I kind of fell off a little bit, I guess, a little bit after that. Uh, uh, I was living in Chicago at the time when I was a kid. Uh, But my family's from Mexico, and we moved there for a few years around 1993 uh, to 1999. So I didn't watch a lot of wrestling uh, during that time. Um, I did watch a lot of uh, being in Mexico, um, watch a lot of El Santo movies, uh, Mm -hmm. being rerun on TV, El Santo versus the uh, Momies de Guanajuato, where, where my family's from in Mexico. Uh and Santo versus los, los vampiros and all of those. Not the wrestler vampiro but the you know actual <laughs>
3: Um
4: uh but I did watch I guess a little bit also of uh like Triple A, uh but as far as like the WWE or WWF at the time, um and W C W Bright and their you know, the Attitude Era and W era, I didn't watch a lot of it. Um different country uh didn't watch a lot of tv at the time um around 1999 when moved here watched some of it uh, i was mostly trying to relearn english i wasn't paying a lot of attention to wrestling but i did watch some of it i do you know know i knew who the rock was i knew who stone cold was dx of course because i was in i was in middle school at the time Everyone's doing the DX chops, telling everyone to suck it. <laughs> uh, Making middle school shirts.
3: so much fun, oh, right? It was,
4: it was great. <laughs> um, and you never, I never knew that you would see, you know, the, it, w- it was such a change too. Um, I remember from coming back from, it was almost like I was frozen in time from 1993 into uh, 1999, where, you know, the last few matches that I saw was... Um, think i remember um was it papa shango and um like ultimate warrior i think he was like at some point that he was making like his face paint uh like melt or something um and then next thing i watched in 1999 there's brawn panty matches everyone's flipping the bird uh telling people to suck it uh it was yeah it was a huge time warp i remember um at the time at least i was kind of uh I was like, oh, I don't know if i you know, that's something that I would, you know, want to watch. But, you know, later on, I I, I think it was in, like, 2008 that I started watching a little bit more consistently. Uh, It was just a little bit after the WrestleMania, actually, here in Orlando, Uh, WrestleMania 24, uh, which I didn't attend. But that's the famous Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels match. uh, The retirement or, quote, unquote, retirement for Ric Flair (laughs) Um, his first retirement I guess Um, and started watching a little bit from there just because I didn't have cable and one of the few things I was on on a Friday night was Smackdown Um, so I would watch a little bit of that and got into a lot of the old characters who saw that The Undertaker was still wrestling at the time and I'm like wow this guy is still here and you know of course 12 years later he's (laughs) (laughs) still still there. there yeah uh, and that kind of, uh, I guess, in two thousand eight is when I started watching a little bit more consistently from now on, taking breaks here and there. Um, but that's something that I guess I've always watched a little bit of, even a little bit of the old ECW WWE versions of them, yeah. uh, where oh. I mean, it was it was a. It was a bit rough. but
3: Yeah, I was um, going to say, that's not the, the glory days of ECW. I, I remember watching <laughs> right after One Night Stand happened, um, Rob Van Dam beating John Cena, and that you know really helped spark uh, the reinvention of ECW. And I remember being so excited about the thought, but the execution of it was just garbage. And so it's almost one of those things I, I remember thinking, some things are better left untouched. And uh, ECW was one of them. The the memories uh, were were much better uh, in the past. So I can definitely agree with you on on that. I do want to touch... I mean, you mentioned the El Santo movies. And I've never... Mm -hmm seen one myself but for those uh fans who aren't aware of el santo movies you may have seen an iteration of it in pop culture i feel like it's being repeated a lot in pop culture the idea of el santo some masked luchador facing some kind of you know um uh, monster uh or or villain How would you explain the El Santo movies to maybe someone who's never seen one?
4: El Santo movies, I mean, he would always play basically the same character. El Santo being the legendary uh, uh, Mexican wrestler who never would, literally, would never take off his mask in public. Um, Never. I think he took it off one time in public, like shortly before passing away, uh, where he just for two seconds and then put it back and like he (laughs) couldn't really see it. Uh, But his movies were, those were in the 50s, so they're dated definitely, 50s, 60s movies. But yeah, he would fight the mummies from Guanajuato. He would fight vampires. He would fight werewolves. Um, But And because I guess he was also wearing a mask, there was also many, I don't know if there's many, but there's a few ripoff movies that had him. Uh, There's a Three Dev Adam, I think it was called, like a Turkish movie that has him... And Captain America fighting uh, an evil Spider-Man from, like, the <laughs> 70s. It's, it's, that I've that seen... was,
3: like, literally a Marvel that, crossover. That was Endgame before Endgame happened.
4: It was when someone said that, you know, there's not a better uh, crossover. And they, they're like, hey, here's this. I forgot <laughs> what that meme was. I'm like, oh, There's um, never been a more imaginative crossover in this. Yeah. <laughs> I just
3: I love that aspect because wrestling is so broad too and culturally it reaches far and wide. Um, and like I said, I I know people have seen and heard of El Santo. They may have even seen clips, uh, of the movies or, or even imitation of the movies before, but I, I love how you brought that up because, um, there's so many facets to pro wrestling that people don't even know. And I think it's so easy to get disheartened by current wrestling. I think it's easy for fans to get upset, um, or to complain or to not like what they see on TV. Um, But we really hear, and I think a lot of of podcasters and a lot of uh, fans out there, then just trying to, you know, to share other avenues and other things about wrestling that you can explore and like, whether it's a new promotion past or present um, it's other things out there that you can explore. So I highly recommend if anyone uh, has some time to spare, maybe if you don't like what you're watching on TV, look up some El Santo movie because uh, they, it's a mix of campy with Lucha Libre, uh, you know, with some, any dialogue um like i just i just can't uh emphasize it uh, enough
4: they're like they would be like i want to say like mexican ed edward movies almost some of Ooh, them yeah. the horror ones or they're very yeah like you said very campy pretty low budget a lot of them <laughs> yes. um and um but yeah they're they're a lot of fun they're definitely a lot of fun a lot of fun to watch <laughs>
3: So I, I mentioned earlier you were part of Sketchmania, Sketchamania uh, in April, um, and this was a 30-day challenge uh, for artists to uh, draw a picture every day. Um, what inspired you to participate in Sketchamania?
4: Um, inspiration, I guess, was kind of there on its own with the challenge itself. I forget who I saw it do it originally. Um, it was started first by, uh, like, a, the Sketchamania uh, challenge was created by Marge uh, dot Marge.JPEG. Uh, she's an awesome artist, also on Instagram. Um, I don't know where she got the idea. It must have been, you know, kind of like one of those, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Let's do something fun uh, to keep ourselves entertained and keep ourselves busy. And it was a lot of fun. She made that uh, challenge on Instagram for people to do. And I think I've, uh, I've made so many, uh, I don't want to say friends, but like fans of other artists who were doing those um, who were doing the challenge that it ma- kind of challenged yous- yourself to make, you know, different ones. And if you see the other guys making every single day more art and actually doing all 30 days, or at least keeping up to the schedule, you're like, Oh, you know, they're, they're getting ahead of me. I need to do that too. Uh but there's guys like uh I draw wrestlers or uh super deluxe or triple R Arts uh that I became friends with on Instagram that have really good stuff. Uh even Illustration Boards has good stuff. Uh and I think you guys uh I don't know if uh if he's with you guys or if you're with him, but uh, Angry Lemonade has really great uh uh wrestling stuff also. Yes, uh, they but are they
3: one of our sponsors at the Chairshot.com. dot com.
4: Yeah, I think I started uh following them because of Sketchamania. Um I don't I'm not sure if they were a specific uh like contributing to the uh or being part of the challenge, but because of looking up so much wrestling related artwork that I was like, "Oh, hey, this guy looks pretty cool." And then I saw some of the artwork that they were making I'm like, that's that's really cool. Um and a lot of them uh just would blow you away with some of the stuff that they did. Um it's it was amazing. And that kind of was part of the inspiration is just seeing a lot of the other people doing artwork and doing drawings that made you want to do more yourselves. That's awesome.
3: Out of all of the sketches on Sketchamania, do you have ones that are your favorite?
4: Um, I want to say I, was, I, I really like the cane one. Um, I think it came out a little. Um, it was a little bit different than some of the other ones. A lot of the other ones kind of look like portraits, and that one I try to make it look a little bit more like a like an action figure from like the late '80s, early '90s. Like the I forget who was the the people who made the wrestling the oh, oh well, I guess the, Jax. Of, like the Hasbro yeah, yeah the Jax, Jax the Jax ones, yes. yeah I always wanted to make like the Kamala with the with the with the the moon on there because I think that's the rare one that they have or that was never released or something um i really like the the concerto one that i did and yeah. the I, I would have to go though with my favorite is the shockmaster one that I did. I think was the last eight one that I did. Uh just because yeah. the shockmaster. Yeah.
3: <laughs> talking about Campy and yeah, talking exactly. about maybe poorly low executed, <laughs> low budget. <laughs> that makes just total, weird. total sense. And that's a funny one because that was like an action shot. Like that's just yeah. you know, that that's actually probably a hard one to to draw because it's uh um, him in movement. My favorite, I'd have to say, after looking through all of them, I thought the Velveteen Dream one uh was really well done. But my favorite, and I keep always going back to it, is is the Bray Wyatt picture. Um, that mix of the fiend with um the. A font um, from the Firefly Funhouse that says, let me in. And I just keep staring at that because of the <laughs> contrast between the evil face and the delightful background in, uh, yeah, the, the the background and how light and delightful and, you know, pretty it is. Um, <laughs> what made you do that combination of, of Bray Wyatt and the Fiend?
4: Um, I kind of, I started doing it, I guess, just as the, the fiend first. And at, at least for most of the sketchomania ones, I was working the background last, uh, just by trying to get the idea out first. And then I'm worried about the background later, whether it would just be a uh, color and then a little bit of lighting or something, or try to come up with something to draw in the background. And for that one, um, I kept, going back in my head with that or trying to do like the actual fun house where it has like the pictures of uh wrestlers that he's beat up with the x's on their faces uh but i kept coming back to this one i'm like you know what this is pretty simple to do real quick just to see how it'll look with the blue background and the clouds i'm like okay that that looks kind of cool and i'm like there's a empty space on the top what should i write and i'm like should I put Firefly Funhouse now? I'm like, that's too simple. I'm like, oh, what's he? What? What does the fiend say? I'm like, so I just put "Let Me In" with the Firefly Funhouse thing. I'm like, that 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 looks cool. It looks like those scary drawings that people make that kind of make them look like a kid's like four kids, but it has like that extra kind of scary thing, like like a clown i guess kind of like the fiend would kind of is like yeah. where clowns are terrifying <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: i just I, I just love the contrast yeah between the, the dark deep face and and then the light background and yeah the font especially being in that kid font I, I just i always come back to that one because it um it's 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 creepy but i can't stop staring at it <laughs> and I, maybe that's a personal problem I got to deal with. I don't know, but uh I, I'm not going to deal with it today. So <laughs> <laughs> um how would you say this process with sketchomania and just drawing in general, being an artist during this time period ha- has helped you um, in maybe just, you know, day-to-day life. We've often had a lot of transitions um, over the past few months with the pandemic and and just everything that's going on. Really what does, what does being an artist mean to you, especially now? Um,
4: uh, Being an artist, I guess means everything. Um, Well, as far as, you know, the artwork world, uh, for me, for the creative side of mine, it means everything. That's my creative outlet. Um, As for how it's, like, I guess, like, what was the question? Like, to how...
3: Yeah, With like how these times. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we're definitely living in in some uh, unpredictable times, and so has that been a, an outlet for you to be creative? Has it helped um, in you know times when maybe it just feels so so uncertain about you know what the rest of this year will even look like?
4: Uh, it it has helped a bit as far as uh, for a little while. Um, when I was furloughed for a little bit for my uh, daytime job, I was drawing almost every day. Uh, but the sketch of my anything helped for that, uh, staying a little bit busy and trying to still reach out to people. Uh, that kind of helped me grow um, just a little bit. The chan or my my channel my uh, my Instagram profile. Uh, besides that, it has hurt a little bit though, at least the pandemic because of the. A lot of the conventions and public places that I would try to sell at um, have either been canceled or postponed. Um, there's one, uh, Spooky Empire, that's a amazing horror convention uh, that is in Florida, I think, usually once or twice a year. And it was going to be at the end of May. Unfortunately, that got postponed, I think, until August. And I'm not sure if that's, you know, right now it's still on, but yeah. Um, it's also Florida's, you know, a lot of the people are like, Yeah, we've been we've been back at work for a month. That's fine. What do you <laughs> WWE. <that> yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Let's go let's let go a bunch of people, but let's still have everything here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we'll still keep on uh, it's, going. It's fine. Yeah,
4: it's fine. And um but one the, the Sketchmania thing really did help a lot. Um uh, I mean even uh, some of the wrestlers that I would tag on there, I think even like Baron Corbin and um, uh, Papa Shango uh, Charles Wright uh, the Godfather, he liked some of the pictures that I posted on there, which was really cool and that just gives me a little bit of a, a little bit of a boost um, as far as morale to try to make a little bit more of that um, but it uh, it's try to and I've tried to be consistent as far as posting uh, the last week or so I haven't posted as much only because there has been you know, uh, a lot of things going on in the world that uh, I know you guys talked about in the last uh, episode of the podcast, which I definitely did listen to. I listened to the last episode. Um, Thank you. And it was, um, I know it was probably, I think, like you guys said, it is not like uh, almost any other episode that you guys would have had, but I just, I found myself not being able to stop listening because it was such a uh, great message about uh, listening to people and trying to find a way to contribute. Uh, Which and as and if you have a platform to try to help, um, and in a way I've kind of not been posting a lot because I felt like my platform's not big enough, I guess sometimes to make too much of a difference. But also, I don't want to just post like while all this crazy stuff is going on. Sometimes even you know just a mile away from my house, uh, with you know some of the uh, protests and police interactions. Uh, I felt a little disingenuous sometimes posting something a little bit, uh, trying to bring it upbeat Mm -hmm. because everyone else is trying to, you know, make a difference. And I felt like it was, I don't know, I felt like it was a little bit inappropriate to try to post it, even though it may may not have been, it's not my job to try to tell people what to do. But also, like Mm -hmm. you said, that if you have a platform, you got to try to do something. Yeah. Um, Uh, And I
3: think a lot of people are in that balance trying to figure out what's the best way to maneuver, not even maneuver, but just contribute and, and be uh, an advocate or an ally or just someone who's supportive um, of whether, you know, the black lives matter movement, we have pride month, you know, there's a lot of social issues going on and, and how do you do that? I'm actually curious. then, from your perspective, something that I think you can contribute is, you know, as, as an artist, how, do you think artists can contribute to any social issue? You know, uh, if someone is even just a beginner artist or, you know, likes has some kind of creative mind or outlet, um, what do you think, you know, like, or, or I'm just not creative at all. So I I (laughs) have no art talent at all, but um, what do you think could be something someone could do in order to help Share that you know that they're an advocate or an ally or just someone who who supports the movements that are currently happening
4: um well first all everyone's creative, I know that you're probably creative too, maybe just a little sometimes it's hand sometimes harder hands? for people, yeah, I can do hey, lots of good turkey hands that, that's that's a way to express <laughs> um turkey as hands far for as like, trying to yeah, everyone can have a turkey hand <laughs> um as far as I guess trying to how artists can help um I want to say like maybe. Posting stuff that is positive, posting uh, maybe not so much the ignoring the issues and here's just a distraction kind of thing, but posting uh, a good message, posting a nice picture, posting something that will make people feel together right now um i don't know if that even makes sense but no, i to... think
3: it, it does unity is so valuable and art has a beautiful way of doing that of bringing people to, together or connecting people from different parts of the country or different parts of the world and even just art interaction here someone all the way in arizona finding yeah. your work in uh florida um That is uh, an impact that you have on, on, you know, somewhere out here. So um, I think that it's a a good message for anyone who has a creative mindset or or is artistic that maybe isn't sure how to, you know, express themselves right now. It seems like you're just saying just just draw, just, you know, draw something that, that, you know, that's in your heart that you know, mix you feel something that expresses something that, that you wanna share and keeping it positive and keeping it open. I think um that's that's all I mean sometimes that's all you can do when you you're not really sure what to say or what to do. It sounds like you can you can draw and uh, yeah. I greatly admire that.
4: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I know that yeah there's a lot of awesome artists also that I follow on Instagram. Um a lot of black artists that have amazing pieces that they've done in the last couple of weeks um, and with a lot of the proceeds, you know, go into a lot of the black lives matter um, uh, charities, um, the various ones, the bail project and all those um, that maybe even if you're not doing something, you know, specifically uh, for the cause that, yeah, just like sometimes a little bit of just a positive message definitely helps to keep, people sane especially right now i think people could use a little bit of a little bit of uh sanity push not saying that (laughs) things are people are insane just things are insane
3: yeah i'll say that for you it's totally fine it's my (laughs) show i'll I'll say that um carlos thank you so much for for your time tonight uh, on joining me on the hashtag miranda show uh would you mind letting the listeners know um where they may be able to view your artwork
4: of course. Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram at Carlos Aurelio dot art. That's C-A-R-L-O-S-A-U-R-E-L-I-O dot art, art, A-R-T. Um, also on there, I have a link to my Etsy shop, which is Carlos Aurelio Etsy com. Reach it from there. Um, and yeah, that's, I don't have a specific website right now besides my Instagram and my Etsy, but if you guys want to check it out, uh, come look at some wrestling and comic book related artwork. And um, hopefully you guys see something that you like and that be like, Hey, yeah, maybe that's why Miranda brought you brought him on the show. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's no, some cool stuff.
3: <laughs> I, I will make sure if I get your, your permission as the artist to, to share uh, some of my favorite photos or from my favorite yeah. uh, um, drawings uh, on Instagram. Like I said, the, the Bray Wyatt one, it was my favorite pretty much my favorite of sketchmania but you have a lot of great ones even prior to sketchmania um you have some great um Uh, wrestling ones uh, the the comic ones are also uh, just really I I just love the style so uh, thank you so so much Um, everyone should at least check it out you know if you are a wrestling fan you need to be checking out uh, these cartoons because they are phenomenal Um, thank you so much Carlos for joining us this week thank you listeners for listening this week this is Miranda Morales (laughs) and uh, Greg DeMarco for the hashtag Miranda show Thank you and don't forget, keep it soft style.